This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming at DCAUreview.com and on your favorite podcast app. Get charged up for action that'll shock your system. Tell me that's not cool. An unstoppable superhero and his crew embark on impossible missions and will bring mutated villains to justice. When static's in the house, bad guys better step off. Pull the plug on crime with the adventures of Static Shock. Yeah! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, everybody, to episode 275 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal, with me, my good friend, good brother, the man that runs our social media accounts. It's Liam. Liam, we are wrapping up our months-long salute to Mr. Len Yuley as we have tackled four, well, three thus far, and today will be the fourth episode uh, written by Mr. Yuley, all leading up to a very exciting bonus episode that we will drop uh, very shortly here. Uh, update with that uh, coming forthcoming here as we talk about it. But uh, welcome to episode 275 of the DCAU Review. That's right. And uh, not, not only is it wrapping up our month of uh, Len Yuley pen static episodes, but it also wraps up our little uh, shebang trilogy uh, as we are ta- uh, tackling the aptly titled She Back, but she's not the only uh, Len Yuley created or co-created uh, character, uh, Mr. Yuley, and uh, which which folks will hear once we do drop that full interview. Uh, very, uh, very much, uh, very, uh, very much gave uh, Alan Burnett a lot of the credit for sort of the inception of the character. But uh, obviously, uh, Len ended up writing or having a or doing the teleplay in the first and then writing her two follow appearances. So I think Len Len gets a, a little credit for uh, for shaping her uh, her personality here. And I uh, couldn't think of a better way to do that with not only the return of Shebang, but the return of a villain that we uh, kicked off the month talking about that being the villainous Madeline Spaulding, the former mind controlling supervillain in the episode. She back. She back. That is right. Liam, very excited to get into that this week. And as I mentioned, uh, so if you listen to last week's episode, uh, we were very distraught. Well, I was very distraught. You were you were not as uh, as distraught because uh, you were holding your emotions in. But uh, <laughs> we reported some we reported some unfortunate news that we had potentially lost access to our full interview with Mr. Yuli. But you know what? Uh, to borrow the uh, the 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 colloquialism the, I have some good news. And that is in case you couldn't figure it out, we were able to recover the full interview with Mr. Yoli. So that will indeed be uh, forthcoming looking to probably drop it over the labor day holiday. It's actually pretty timely based on what labor day here in the United States celebrates. And a lot of the discussion that we talked about uh, with Mr. Yuli directly. So uh, pretty, pretty much at this point, we are scheduled to drop that over the, the Labor Day weekend here in the U.S., mm-hmm. which is the first Monday in September, if you're listening uh, outside the U.S. and not familiar with the Labor Day holiday. But uh, yes, we will this week be talking, as you mentioned, about She Back, which originally debuted here in the States on January the 24th on the Kids WB. 
uh, January the 24th, 2004, meaning we passed the 19-year mark just about six months ago and uh, coming up on the 20-year anniversary here in, a few, in about six months or less, four months, I guess, at this point. But yes, before we get into that, uh, our breaking down our review of this, we will, of course, get the official IMDb synopsis for this week's episode, which is brought to you by, as it always is, by the Pod Tower. If you're interested in listening to a collection of hilarious, entertaining, and fun podcasts, boy, do I have a recommendation for you. Head over to youtube.com slash the pod tower today and subscribe, and you will get a trio of podcast fare for your ear audio enjoyment. I almost said early enjoyment. Audio enjoyment <laughs> from the the good folks at Watchtower Database. We have and confirmation this week remaining the title Jump on the Batwagon despite the fact they've moved on for Batman. It's uh keeping its original title Jump on the Batwagon and uh they are currently in the middle of uh just kickstarted their reviews of Superman the animated series. So if uh you're a Superman fan, you want to check that out, uh head on over over to that channel you also get the entire catalog of tim talk and our entire catalog as well all in one convenient spot we invite you to head over today and subscribe to youtube.com slash the pod tower that's right so this is the synopsis for Sheback. there's an exclamation point written by len yuli directed by mark howard with music by max gauss or goose apologies if i'm Butchering that and animation by Coco and Dong Yang. And that synopsis reads as such. Shebang comes back to town and teams up with Static and Gear. Oh, come on. I, I, that was so lame. I couldn't even do the voice. <laughs> nope, you didn't even try. You you could have figured that out. It's literally the title of the episode. She back? <laughs> come on. That's F minus. <laughs> yeah, that's that's less than you would get in a, a TV guide uh, about this episode. That's right. Uh, but uh, yeah, we can, we can jump into our more detailed plot synopsis here as we kick things off uh, with a little bit of uh, very, I thought, very funny foreshadowing as Virgil and Richie are walking to their local comic store. Something that I hope all our listeners do. Uh, support support your local businesses. But Virgil and Richie are uh, are out the t- comic store, and they happen to mention, as an aside, in a very humorous uh, back and forth, that uh, a character in their favorite comic book, not Plant Man, it's not the Return of Plant Man, <laughs> sadly, <laughs> one of their other favorite characters, uh, has apparently his whole power set changed uh, between issues. And Richie gives some sort of a sci-fi, silly, comic booky explanation as to why and. They both uh, remark how kind of strange it is when a when a returning character suddenly has a whole new power set, and who should they then bump into? But uh, the returning, as mentioned, Madeline Spaulding, the, uh, the woman who enslaved all of uh, of Dakota in an attempt to elect herself class president uh, <laughs> earlier, as we talked about earlier this month. Check it out in the archives if you hadn't heard it. But uh, she lets uh, Virgil and Richie know a few things. One being that while she has sort of paid her debt to society. She is uh, she has not yet been allowed to return to school uh, for understandable reasons, I would say. So she's <laughs> working at this comic store, just killing time and uh, still, still seems to have a bit of a chip on her shoulder. Well, everybody had been so mean to me. And then I got those amazing powers. What did you expect? Do you still have your powers? Who knows? If I do, I can't remember how I made them work. Is there anything you do remember? Yeah, I remember Static. He's the one who spoiled everything. I owe him big time. Um, okay. But what about me? What about you? Never mind. Come on, Rich. Got a jet. She doesn't remember your Static. Oh, how lucky is that? (laughs) Just like before, kids laughing at me. I hate them all. And I'd do something about it, too, if I had my old powers back. Though so, uh, it is made clear that after uh, her little uh, her little uh, event with Static, where her brain was sort of uh, uh, fried by Static's power, that uh, she no longer remembers that he and Virgil are one and the same. So they uh, Virgil and Richie leave 
pretty uh, pretty overjoyed that uh, that she doesn't remember his secret identity. And uh, as they go off, uh, Madeline Spaulding, as as fate would have it, that little episode with uh, with Static uh, rewriting her powers, not only has it canceled out her old mind control powers, but it's given her new, different, all new, all different psychic powers. Those being uh, in the form of telekinesis. And uh, what else do you do once you get those powers? But uh, it's time for a jailbreak. <laughs> yep, you're going to create a, a league of your own. You know, mm. have if you have if you have some superhero adversaries who have their own team, well, you you create your own team up situation. But uh, you know what? It never seems to work out when villains <laughs> team up quite as well as when heroes do, does it? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, in this case, we Madeline decides she heads to the the Dakota P- Police Department. I assume perhaps the prison. It's kind of a cool little setup they have there. Is uh, she decides the jailbreak will include uh, familiar foes of Static, including Hot Streak, Ebon, and Talon. And uh, there she uh, she decides to gather them all up and declares that uh, she's going to lead them uh, to a new renaissance of uh, of being able to take down Static, uh, despite the fact that uh, Ebon and uh, and uh, Talon seem to somewhat doubt whether or not she has the ability to do so. She shows off her new telekinetic powers and at a junkyard. Where else? Dylan's love junkyards, you know? It's a, it's a good place to go. Nobody's ever there. You can destroy stuff without hurting everybody, anybody. You just go to a junkyard if you're evil. It just, it's tale as old as time. <laughs> But uh, yes, yeah, so so after giving them the rah rah speech about how they're going to take them down, we also get a cut back to uh, to uh, to Static and uh, and Gear who are coming to sort of terms uh, with the idea that uh, they're they're uh, that Madeline is uh, is dealing with these or is could be returning at some point. But well, we see a mysterious woman in the shadows. That's uh, right following static and gear to the uh to the prison break that's right and then she uh sort of makes her her presence known right as the uh kind of in the middle of the fight that is right so i i missed that part there but the uh the during the jailbreak of course static and gear get the notification they show up there's a brief scuffle but uh the villains manage to escape and head to the aforementioned uh junkyard uh in in the middle of the fight though revealing herself returning trying not to say back every time uh returning to uh to dakota is in fact shebang and she's uh it, it, static is surprised again if you recall last week we left off static saying that she was welcome anytime but he did request that she announce her her presence before she uh before she just shows up randomly but uh she must have forgotten that but uh, she does assist them in uh, in helping save the day, and uh, there is a conversation immediately afterwards uh, from Static Gear between Static Gear and Shebang about uh, just what she's doing back in the city, and uh, she mentions that uh, off screen sometime uh, the the whole issue with uh, with the people that were out to uh, to hunt her down and try and reclaim her DNA. Uh, we're we're taken care of they're no longer being hunted she and her parents are no longer in witness protection so they're Mm -hmm. back uh they're back in dakota and she can go to school and uh she mentions one of the things that we uh we talked about that was so so vital to that character's uh, appearance in her very initial episode uh, which was that she no longer has to act like two different people between her shebang and uh and her alter ego uh, of Shanice so she can kind of um you know she can kind of be not the shy girl anymore she can be outgoing she can give her thoughts and opinions and uh, not be afraid to draw attention since these uh these people that were after her were are uh, no longer a, a a threat to her or her family so uh we uh we see right away that Shanice uh, really has a a very outgoing personality and seems to really turn off a lot of the people around her at school <laughs> including Static and Richie who uh who immediately begin sort of noticing how pushy and uh and annoying she is gear mentions or Richie mentions that uh, she had 
uh, insisted on changing curtains at the gas station and was uh, so, so talkative that she followed Richie into the bat, the men's room <laughs> recommended that they do changes in the men's room as well. Uh, this is all going on while homecoming preparations are beginning at Dakota high. And uh, she also has a lot of thoughts and opinions about how, what the theme should be for homecoming and how the decorations should look. <laughs> Ugh, bad enough Shebang keeps butting in when we're on patrol, but Shanice won't let us alone either. You're telling me. She was so busy describing the new curtains for the gas station, she followed me right into the boys' restroom. She thought that could use new curtains, too. Hey, guys. We're trying to decide on a theme for this year's dance. What do you think? It's homecoming, Shanice, not Mardi Gras. Well, it could be. Yes! I see where Shanice's circle of influence is widening. What is it? I'm picking up a police bullet. Metahumans at City Hall. We gotta get down there. Down where? Down to the nurse's office. Yes, we, uh, ooh, ate in the cafeteria. Mm. Now we know why they call it tuna surprise. Mm. Ooh, 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 ooh. And uh, this begins to somewhat annoy some of the other members of the uh i guess who are responsible for the uh the decorations frida in particular so uh we uh we kind of get the feeling here that uh, static and uh and gear are going to do everything they can to try and avoid her as is the rest of the school so uh static gets an alert that there is a uh there's uh, an immediate threat downtown that the the bang babies united uh, are are downtown and causing trouble so he and he and richie make up a uh an excuse as to why they have to get away it's always about something that they've eaten it's always stomach <laughs> issues, it seems they always have have stomach issues they're gonna vomit they're gonna be sick so they both excuse themselves uh saying that they had eaten the tuna surprise and it was not sitting well with either of them uh, this, of course, is an excuse to sneak downtown uh, to to encounter the Metabreed uh, without Shebang's assistance. And, uh, well, they head downtown and they begin to see all the destruction that's happening in and around as Madeline uh, is leading the group, as we've talked about before. And she seems to be doing her best to try and establish herself as that leader verbally and to everyone in and around her, they don't seem to quite have the belief. They especially, they especially being Ebon, who uh, I don't think takes too kindly to the idea that he's going to be subservient to anyone, uh, especially a young girl that's in high school. Why'd you butt in like that? I had talent just where I wanted her. You weren't even ruffling her feathers. I was- that's just plain nuts. No, leaving me back at school, that's nuts. We're supposed to be a team. Nice try, prom queen. Now, are you ready to let me run this circus? Quiet! I I need time to think. <laughs> this is becomes this does become kind of the central conflict other than uh than Richie and, and Virgil kind of being uh fed up with uh with Janice is it's it's two sides of the same coin, right? It's uh the the this the girl returns to town and wants to just kind of force her way in and make things uh, a certain way and the old crew isn't really isn't really feeling it like she's coming on a little bit strong so it's kind of fun seeing that uh, <laughs> the, the two sides of that same coin but yes uh, uh, as they uh, as the the meta breed uh, attack city hall uh, static and gear arrive and uh, are sort of going back and forth with uh, with hot streak and talon mostly as Ebon's decided he's kind of kind of sit back and watch. And then as, uh, as Madeline begins to get involved, uh, shebang does arrive on the scene and shoves, uh, sh- shoves static out of the way uh, from a hot streak blast. And as she, uh, she and static begin to argue about everything and how they don't feel like they're on the same page, uh, that uh, that kind of uh, creates again another argument between Madeline and Ebon as well. But uh, finally, in order to cover the bad guys' escape, Madeline uh, breaks or cr- crumbles the foundation of this large statue of what appeared to be Fidel Castro. 
Uh, and <laughs> I don't think it was Fidel Castro. He just had that hat. He had the Fidel that hat. hat. <laughs> he was waving an American flag. I don't remember too yeah. many images of, of old Fidel waving, a, <laughs> waving an American flag that I'm aware of. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll have to agree to disagree. But, <laughs> but uh, no. But uh, as, as the statue begins to crumble, Virgil races into action. And uh, he isn't able to catch the statue, but he's able to hold it up long enough to uh to for uh gear and shebang to get all of the civilians and reporters out of the way uh before the statue kind of crumbles and and they're all sort of left with this mess and uh it's clear that virgil and uh and richie are are kind of just fed up with with shanice trying to intervene and trying to force her way onto the team and sort of tell her to uh to buzz off and uh at the same time we we then cut back to shanice at home and we find out that the homecoming committee has all has also kind of uh given her the cold shoulder and uh so shanice is kind of feeling very alone as she talks to her mom and her mom tells her to just give it time and uh and that things will will work out and that everyone will come around but uh shanice decides instead to kind of strike out back on her own and she's going to try to take down madeline and the rest of the crew on her own as shebang but uh, once you know it she basically walks right outside and immediately gets captured <laughs> <laughs> i mean i mean some time probably passed because there's like a scene transition but it, it's it's literally like 30 seconds uh but uh, she is captured and uh madeline decides she's going to use shebang as bait and that's kind of uh as we see the culmination of her and ebon butting heads as as Shebang alerts them that she isn't really working with static and gear anymore. And that, uh, that kind of throws Ebon into a rage and he and uh, he and Madeline begin to fight and, and bicker between uh, themselves. And uh, at the same time, uh, static and gear have, uh, have gotten a call from Shanice's mom and they're out on the hunt. And uh, thankfully the, uh, the battle between, uh, between Madeline and Ebon uh, well, it's not exactly subtle. It uh, it draws a lot of attention. So Static and Gear are on the case as we approach our uh, our big finale here. Yep. No Honor Amongst Thieves is uh, Shanice kind of uh, recognizes and, and begins to pick apart uh, their their vulnerabilities. She notices mm-hmm. that Hot Streak uh, is kind of maybe the most uh, easiest to kind of manipulate or get information out of. And he mentions that Ebon... And uh, Shanice, I'm sorry, Ebon and uh, and Madeline do not get along very well, and they're both kind of jostling for who is the leader of the bad guys. Uh, and uh, and uh, Shanice just exploits that very quickly. Hey, stop! We'll get nowhere like this. We're nowhere already. Listen, team, this will work. It's just a matter of where to place the bait. What's their problem? They both think they're in charge. This is them being nice to each other. No use. Those things are made out of the strongest steel around. No stronger than the leash you're on. I'd watch that mouth. Save it, okay? Back when you led the Metabreed, I might have been afraid. But now you're just some sidekick who got shoved aside. You're a joke to every bang baby in Dakota and an even bigger joke to me. Hey, stop talking to her. School's out, schoolgirl. I'm running this show from now on. Why does there always have to be a class clown? That's it. You're going down, girl. Uh, Ebon walks up and uh, as she's restrained there he uh, she mentions that she's not scared of Ebon because he's not the leader of the meta breed as he once was and uh that's all she really needs to say to set Ebon off and decide that he's going to take take over and that Madeline needs to take the back seat Madeline is not having any out of it and uh, wouldn't you know it's a uh, to bang baby off at that point as we have uh, two two of our of our villains going at it uh, Madeline with her telekinesis and of course Ivan with his portal powers he creates this uh, portal that begins dragging her and it kind of creates a a, a a I guess sort of like a black hole function we see sort of mm-hmm. a strong pull pull coming out of it and this creates a large enough vortex of a tornado like pull that uh, it 
it gets static and gears attention pretty easily as they're out trying to find Shanice. Uh, and uh, that once they get there, it's uh, they free uh, Shebang from her, from her restraints. And then it's off to the races as to uh, who's going to take on who is uh, the weather is also beginning to change. We see a storm that's rolling in. Uh, it looks like a thunderstorm of some kind. Uh, so we get a uh, hot streak and breaking off to fight gear. We have Talon uh, taking Shebang. And then we have Ebon uh, who uh, is handled pretty quickly and easily. Uh, there's not a lot that, that happens uh, with, with Ebon as uh, as really it, the, the finale is static versus Madeline at that point. So uh, the, 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 the ultimate uh, battle comes between Static and Madeline at the end. It appears that Madeline has the upper hand as she exclaims that her new powers have given her all the power that she needs to to win this time. And uh, I don't know, we, I assume we mentioned it before, but Static's powers being the thing ultimately that changed her powers, her set of powers to give her this new set, very similar, as we mentioned, to the... the uh, particle man comic book from the very beginning of the episode uh she she begins to sort of fly up and exclaim that this is all the power that she needs and she's ready to take over again and uh she is sort of being able to repel all of static's firepower every time he launches something at her or uh, shoots electricity at her she bounces it right back to him so he kind of after taking one on the chin and realizing that he kind of has to change his way of doing things. He uses his powers to charge and create an electric conductor that causes a lightning bolt to come down and, uh, or attracts the lightning bolt that's coming down from the storm shoots right through Shanice or through keep changing their names shoots right through Madeline and uh, ultimately uh, overtakes her at that point. And, and uh, that, that gives static the, uh, the, the victory in the end so uh we do get a a little bit of a, a postscript as uh as our heroes uh are celebrating their win but uh shanice says that she's hanging it up she's uh she has to go uh out on her own she realizes because static and geared no longer want her around but static as he's as he's want to do and sort of duplicating and re- or replicating his is a change of heart that we saw at the end of last uh, last week's episode. He says she's welcome to the team and she's a full-time member at this point and uh and she better not go anywhere. <laughs> So I've decided that from now on, I won't horn in on your patrols or bug you at school or anything. Sorry, we can't accept that. Although I did like the part about not bugging us at school. Anytime you want to be on the team, you're welcome. But you said... We said some stuff we regret. You guys are the absolute... Uh, Ribs! Crushing the ribs! Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sometimes I don't know my own strength. Well, we'll be happy to remind you. Hang on. I'm picking up a police radio call. There's a riot at the Bogus Truth concert. They must have played something in tune. (laughs) That could get ugly. Should we go together? Wouldn't have it any other way. get a report of the uh of another another happening around the city that's going to require our heroes and we get the the adventures continue sort of uh shot as our all three of our heroes bound away uh and uh that's uh the end of our episode as uh all things are all things are are well and good in dakota after all as mm-hmm. all of our villains are thwarted and taken away and our heroes are friends again and uh looking to fight some more crime that's right. Um, so I guess we can get towards our plot scores here. But uh, I really enjoyed this episode. It's different because the first two, you know, the first one had this like strange like CIA espionage turn to the episode. Mm-hmm. And then last week you had like the bad scientist uh, stuff with, uh, with uh, the heavy man. And, uh, and then this week it is more of a even you know we have the the returning villain along with you know our, some of our regular villains that we see more than any other characters on static um so it could feel like this could just be another episode mm-hmm. you know this could just be it. but i think 
especially it builds off of the first episode that we saw where Shanice is kind of forcing herself to be very sort of quiet and mousy and and agreeable because she's not supposed to draw any attention to herself right even though we see as soon as she puts on the shebang outfit that you know she wants to do anything but that right so building off of that in this one where okay now all of the you know all of the crazy stuff is over she feels like okay i can finally be me but that that version of herself is so different than the one people had met previously that it it does kind of give everyone whiplash and she's kind of you know it feels like it feels like you know i feel like it's very relatable to be like okay i'm at a new job i'm in a new school whatever it is i got to just I got to force it. Like I got to, I got to, I got to be myself to the nth degree and I got to join this and be part of this and just kind of force my way into the social circle because, and kind of make up for the lost time that, uh, you know, that I, that I have coming to this new place or whatever. So I kind of like that it, it, it took, you know, some of those again, very relatable, relatable, simple high school drama things, but they sort of, played with it in a in a in a superhero way and played off of what we already knew the character to be which was she was this kind of showboating you know excitable character who had this brilliant mind and had all of these thoughts and opinions and ideas but had to kind of keep it all under wraps and now she's just almost like she's just vomiting her excitement <laughs> and creativity over over the poor students at uh, at Dakota like she's not doing anything wrong but right. you also, it's not, you know, it's not, it's understandable as to why the other kids at the school feel like she's coming on a bit strong and why Static and Gear feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. It would be, I mean, I, I, I think, I think in this moment, there's a bit of naivete about her because she kind of mm-hmm. had to grow up so quickly. She had to pretend like she was somebody else She's been on the run from all these other people. So not having experienced what it's like for, you know, social cues and like some of the other, the other things that, uh, you know, maybe she hasn't been able to really experience or notice. And she's very excited. Like she has an excitability about her that she gets to finally be who she is as opposed to wearing this mask all of the time. Um, she just, you know, it's hard for her to contain it. It's hard to put those, uh, put those, those, uh, you know, those bumpers on the kind of mm-hmm. keep her on track there is all I think. So yeah, it's, it's understandable. I think for this character where it's been, it makes sense based on, you know, the, the arc that she was on that this rapid change isn't immediately accepted by everyone else. Um, and I think, you know, I think that some kids can probably relate to that based on certain changes they've been in, or, you know, if all of a sudden there's a, there's a super large change in how you act and you're just, you know, expecting everyone around you to immediately adapt to it. It might take some time for people to adapt to this new version of you or this new, you know, unbridled, uh, you know, uh, version of who you are. So I, I do Mm -hmm. think that that makes sense. I do think that the, the way that they, that that story was kind of uh, played in both her secret identity as Shanice and then as Shebang also um, how they mirrored each other. I, I like that. I also like the, the idea that you have uh, you know, you have, you have the acceptance portion of it, the two sides of the coin, as you mentioned, like between uh, between our hero and our villain, between Madeline and Shanice and uh, how they're handled in two different ways and how ultimately uh, while, you know, there were heads that butted on the hero side, ultimately because they're heroes, er- everything works out in the end and they're accepting of each other and, uh, you know, they're forgiving of each other and they're deciding to try and work together. Whereas on the, on the villain side, the, the hubris gets in the way, they end up fighting and it's ultimately their downfall for why they can't defeat static. So a good lesson learned there and, and taught. Um, I, I will say, I, I do like that if we're looking at all four of these episodes, really, that we've looked at this month, they all have very different feels, very different, uh, uh, you know, ways of telling stories. This mm-hmm. one, you know, a big, super, 
supervillain team up episode and and uh, you know how how is static and gear and shebang going to work together in order to be able to defeat this giant conglomeration of supervillains those are always fun you know it's a classic comic oh, yeah. book feel um so it it's more i would say down to earth and more true to the superhero genre to have this kind of story told than maybe the the ones that we talked about over the last couple of weeks um so in a way i think that that works because it's it is different than the way those other stories uh went so yeah it, it's an enjoyable episode i think overall um telling a very different story uh and and looking at it and and but still sort of ending on the same uh on the same note as we did the last week um makes it makes it a, a you know makes it feel good i i enjoyed it so uh overall 7 out of 10 for my score yeah, I went just one point higher. I went eight out of ten. I think, yeah, I I really enjoyed this as a as a finale to our our little theme month here, and then, like you said, just uh, being a completely its own animal while also playing off, like you said, just the the dual sided nature of the story with Madeline kind of barging her way in and refusing to hear otherwise about that that she was going to lead uh, lead this uh, team of metahumans to greatness. And then on the other hand, uh, you know, Shebang and Static and Gear kind of butting heads in the same way, but ultimately remembering that they're all on the same team and that, the, you know, it's, uh, they'll, uh, they'll be better together. It's, it's simple stuff. It's simple stuff. The good guys learn how to use teamwork and the bad guys don't. It's, uh, it's good. It's simple. I like that part of it. And then, like we already said, the sort of the deeper side of, uh, of, uh, of Shanice is kind of just struggling to... To, to just share her her true self with the uh with with the with the, her classmates and her friends it's it's relatable and it's simple yep and i i will say um i was left feeling a little sad that we don't get another shanice episode out of this that she she, she back but she gone after this <laughs> yeah they uh we don't uh, we don't see her again so i'm not sure uh that might be something we need to ask Glenn in a uh, in a second interview down the line. If uh, you know there was, I know at least uh, uh, some i some basic ideas, I believe, for a fifth season that never happened. So I do wonder if there was ever a, a thought of adding her to the show full time, or even just seeing her more regularly, having more of a rotating you know guest cast with, with her and Rubber Band Man and Anansi, you know, sort of like the the new Batman Adventures season with our rotating heroes there. They definitely built themselves their own little Dakota Justice League here. It would have been fun to see them all, all team up together. So uh, that, that would definitely be something I, uh, I would have liked to have seen as well. Agreed. All right, Liam, let's move on to our next category, which is going to be animation and visuals. And I believe Coco Dong Yang were once again credited with the animation for this week's episode. Mm -hmm. So uh, we talked about it at the top. So we get Madeline returning, uh, but we get a, a whole new getup for her and, and a, uh, a sort of patchwork quilt look, which is something certainly that we can talk about. But uh, we also get, uh, you know, some of other Static's other uh, main baddies, as we talked about, the Metabreed showing back up. And then uh, I, I think there's uh, probably a lot to talk about in uh, as far as our third act is concerned. Um, I will say, I think at times, and I don't know, this is our first episode, I believe, that we mentioned last week that we're delving into as far as the fourth season is concerned. Mm -hmm. But everybody looked a little bit, skinny and kind of slightly off model uh in a lot of scenes to me i think uh some of the expressions that the characters made they in their faces just didn't didn't look like the the characters that we're used to seeing or that i'm used to seeing at least uh, so i'm not sure if this was a different storyboard artist or if you know whatever part of the team was working on this uh, it was just not, it's maybe it was a different crew for season four, or maybe for this episode. Uh, it's hard to compare these to whatever else was going on in season four, uh, as we'll talk about in our next category too. <laughs> uh, but you know, it, it did seem like things were slightly different or slightly off model from what we'd seen in season three. So hard to say whether or not it's off model or if there was another shift, uh, in season four. Um, I will say that I, I did notice that there are certain scenes where people seemed very stiff. Also, there was like some lack of movement, especially in the, uh, 
scenes, uh, the the one scene that involves um, Shebang and Gear and Static all kind of talking. Uh, there's a there's a shot that's kind of all of them from torso up, and it's it's they're all kind of uh, right, left, and center across mm-hmm. the screen. They just don't really move very much. It's kind of just the mouths, and they they just seem very stiff when they do shift and. Um, so that that was a little bit disappointing. I don't know if if a lot of the animation budget was taken up by maybe Madeline's new powers and <laughs> her telekinesis or what. But uh, I've talked a lot about specifically what I what I didn't like. Um, if there's anything you didn't care for, anything you noticed, feel free to share. But uh, also we can talk about uh, things we did like. Yeah, I think my uh, my negative notes were definitely what you said, which is that everybody from from Virgil and Richie to hot streak. I thought especially an Ebon too. Yeah. They're just like a little bit, their heads are like, they're, they're like square and skinny, like uh, in a, in kind of a strange, in kind of a strange way that didn't quite match the season three. So yeah, I guess we'll find out as we get more into season four, if that was a, you know, a result of this particular do. I mean, I feel like we've seen Coco and Dong maybe not on this newer art style. So maybe that's, that's part of it. Or, you know, if this particular, you know, there's particular storyboard artists or directors worked on this episode that, uh, that uh, didn't, but uh, to your point on, on some of the more positive things, I would say um, I did really enjoy the visualization of uh, it's not, uh, there's not really like any uh, visualization, but it, it almost feels more like she's wind powered than telekinesis. Like there's always, like you always see like little bits of debris and kind of the wind effects when she's using their, her telekinesis. Um, I like, I really enjoy that final bit where, where she and Ewan are facing down in the junkyard. The junkyard's kind of a fun, like final, uh, final battle uh, for this. Cause there's just tons of debris and cars and different sharp pieces of metal that you can, uh, you can play with. And uh, I think, so I think that's a really fun, like uh, from a, from background standpoint, um, and then uh, yeah, maybe maybe the visual highlight, and maybe this is just stuck in my brain because in the last season of Static Shock, they started uh, in the in the main show open. They start incorporating a couple clips from episodes along with the original animation that was produced, and one of them is this clip of Static holding up the statue, mm. like an electric net. Um, and I don't know if that's why it's so stuck into my brain. Mm-hmm. But I thought that shot where the the statue is tipping over and then you know Static catches it in his little electro net. Mm-hmm. I thought that was uh, that was just great. I thought that that was probably one of the coolest coolest visual things we've seen Static do with his powers, uh, maybe ever for this series. Yeah, that final honestly that that sequence and then ultimately the final fight sequence um, between Madeline and Static, the shot that. Uh, where he ultimately defeats her, where he he's kind of laying on the ground and you see him charge some of the metal that leads up to this other giant pile of metal, which ends up being the conductor for the uh, for the for the lightning, turning it into a literal lightning rod. He you follow the electricity all the way up. You see the charge go up and then the shot of the lightning coming down and going through Madeline to hit the, this, you know, this makeshift lightning rod was it's it. I loved it. Like it's, it's mm. something you could probably watch and it, it kind of does move not quite in slow motion, but it's done so that you can kind of follow the, the electricity up and then it's, it kind of reaches the top and then the lightning comes down to meet it. And it's just a wonderful quick little sequence, but it, it like the visual, the, the, the shot of the lightning going through Madeline as she gets struck by lightning really, really, I thought it was really, really well done. I thought whoever storyboarded that gets uh, gets two thumbs up for me because it was ultimately it was animated really, really well. Um, so it, yeah, I, I, I will say that, that those, those fight sequences, I did like the visualization of, uh, of how Ebon has the portal that ultimately is kind of like a drain. Mm-hmm. He uses it like a drain. He sticks the portal in the ground and he's trying to suck Madeline into the, into the drain. And uh, as I mentioned before, as we were doing the recap, the, you know, the, the tornado kind of comes out of it, showing you the vortex that's trying to draw her into this portal. Um, you get all these different power sets. Of course you get, uh, you know, you get fire, you get, uh, 
you get Talon flying by and feathers coming out and then, you know, you get Ebon's portals. And so you get, get all the best of all of these different worlds, not to mention a character, you know, changing uh, Madeline's power set to be more, you know, classically villain mm-hmm. with the telekinesis uh, just kind of leads to, to some fun, fun to be had. Uh, throughout the episode um i will say uh we first first time looking at gears new upgraded gear correct pun intended new york, yeah. new york jets uh, <laughs> colors yeah right we get the white white and green i like the white and green better than the blue and green to be honest i think it just it just looks better it just pops a little bit yeah i think it, i think it fits better like the 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 sharp blue with the like almost equally bright green i feel you like is uh, it's like a little a little overkill on on your eyes yeah i think this 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 is definitely sleeker yeah and uh we also get some flashback i think we we didn't mention it at the top but uh we get the kind of the recap of just who madeline is in case you hadn't seen uh seen the the, the uh the her previous appearance we get uh flashbacks that include an updated version of some of the graphics but it it's pretty faithful to the original um mm-hmm. she's i think her clothes are different the character model is clearly different it's but they even used flashback statics uh season one and season two look with a white mm-hmm. shirt so faithful to that um yeah, I I think uh, overall I I think that the 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 visuals were lacking in some areas as far as being dynamic and the characters looking just a little stiff and just kind of the way that they were standing around looking a little, little too skinny or off model for what we're used to in season three, um, but there's still some things to applaud and 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 enjoy and some really really fun sequences uh, to really appreciate so. Um, not not the best outing uh for this for this group but enough to give uh an above average six out of ten for me what about you yeah i uh once again just went one point higher at seven out of ten um I, yeah i think the the effects of uh of uh of madeline's powers and and uh the fight with ebon at the end uh are really propping it up like i said i do agree that everybody being off model in the non-action sequences is a little bit distracting and if we didn't uh, give it enough uh, enough shine, then the redesign of you know Madeline's weird like stitched together rainbow Raggedy Ann <laughs> super suit is mm-hmm. is really neat. And they gave her these like very like pronounced sort of dark circles around her eyes and these very small you know black pupils. So the the sort of deranged nature of her character really shines through. Mm-hmm. And uh like I said, yeah, I think I think that's uh that's uh that that's a really strong character design as well. Another character that I would have liked to have seen used more if uh, if we had gotten more static episodes. But uh alas we will have to leave it at this one. All right man let's move on to our next category which is going to be music and uh uh, forgive me uh richard who's responsible for the music this week is richard wolf credited again uh no it's actually uh don't believe a gentleman we've talked about before but max uh, gauss or goose oh that's right um as uh, as our musician this week um yeah outside of our you know our our little romeo theme which we get in the the season three and four um i did notice there's sort of a an instrumental version of uh shebang's theme the so so fly uh song that we've uh, so enjoyed over the last couple of weeks right when she first appears um and she's kind of uh all all cased in uh in silhouette um which we, we didn't mention that that's actually a pretty neat uh neat way to introduce her to the episode but uh but yeah that 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 musical sting i noticed and then otherwise i feel like it's uh you know a uh, about what you would expect for a static episode as far as at least the action beats and you know kind of the drum machine and and some of the synthesizer stuff but notably we didn't really have any lyrics in our static music this week mm-hmm. so uh i found that uh it uh, I, I feel like that's another thing that makes the static music uh stick out as we've talked about so without it i uh i kind of just other than the the little bit of the shebang theme coming in a little bit of the static theme coming in and in the uh, the action piece, I didn't really have much for music, so uh, I ended up giving it just a, a middle of the road five out of ten. Yeah, um, mark this 
stay down on your calendar because uh, I'm I'm actually going to agree with you and say the lack of lyrics uh, <laughs> I think was a detriment here, especially <laughs> uh, when you're talking about that shebang theme that we talked about over the last couple of weeks. Um, I, it was more difficult for me to pick out that theme. Uh, we talked about it last week, the I'm so fly. And then the latter part where it's like, you go girl and all that, like that, that part was the part that stuck out to me is like, okay, this is the theme. This is the character returning. We established this in the first episode. This is who she is. This is the same character, same identity. This is her. Like, and you don't really get that brand recognition for, for this, uh, this particular episode here. And it, 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 it kind of stuck out. So I think consistency across the music, obviously you have somebody else that's doing the music. Um, I, I do like that. They kind of stuck to the, at least to the theme, the instrumental version, but I, you and I talked about this before we went on, went on the air, but I don't, I'm curious now if season four with the change of composers, or I, I don't know how many episodes Mr. Wolf did uh, versus this composer, but if they decided to go away from the use of lyrics in the, in the soundtrack, or if this is just a one-off, um, but definitely curious as we, uh, you know, down the road, as we get into more of season four, uh, if this is going to be a recurring thing, cause that might, might take some uh, getting used to. So uh, yeah, I ended up giving it the same score five out of 10 uh, for that very same reason. It's just, uh, there's nothing bad. There's nothing that I think that, that hurts it, but, mm-hmm. or that, that is detrimental to it in a, in a large way, but it, it does seem like it's hurt a little bit by the fact that you're, you're missing this piece that was established as sort of who this character is. So, uh, you know, some people like rock and roll, some people like country, some people like their soundtracks with lyrics and some people do not. So, uh, <laughs> you, you know, which one I am, but the consistency uh is 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 uh more important to me i guess we've discovered this week all right liam let's wrap things up with our final category of the day which is going to be our voice acting we got a superstar cast here as we have a bunch of different villains of course showing up that's always fun to talk about we get some returning voice actor actresses from our various episodes across and then some series regulars of course to to laud let's talk about this week's voice acting yeah a lot of familiar names uh we have uh briefly we have uh danica mckeller as frida once again uh we have tia tajada as talon we have uh danny cooksey as hot streak um and of course jason marsden as gear Though I would say our our main uh, our main main eventers for this week are of course the returning Kimberly Brooks as Madeline Spaulding. Um, she's once again just a hoot, I think, in this episode, mm-hmm. and uh, and her playing off of uh, of the great uh, Gary Anthony Sturgis as Ivan. I just love that this episode comes down to like this this teenage like honor student who did the superhero equivalent of like overdosing on Ritalin and getting expelled (laughs) Adderall uh, and getting expelled. Like, and she's now stepping to like this hardened gangster. Cause like Yvonne, we know, like we can kind of ascertain that way before he had superpowers, Yvonne was a bad dude. Like, Mm -hmm. and and here she is just like, just completely unfazed, completely. uh, You can call it, uh, you know, you can say that she's crazy or that she's uh She's um she's she's just uh too sure of herself. Whatever it is, she is uh delusional is the word I was trying to think of. She's delusional or she's crazy or whatever it is. But her Miss uh, Miss Brooks as Madeline Spaulding and Mr. Sturgis as uh, as Ebon going back and forth this episode. Just uh just an out and out hoot, I thought. Yeah, yeah, that 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 pairing. Anytime you get, I mean, we've talked about it in the other DCA AU shows when you get the Joker interacting with Lex Luthor, or you know, mm-hmm. you, later on you get the Joker interacting with the various different members of the Injustice Gang. You know, whoever it is. Anytime you get these weird sort of pairings of different villains and these these voices that are 
uh, iconic and dynamic and they're easily memorable. And then you kind of mush them together and you get these weird interactions that you wouldn't, wouldn't expect to necessarily stand out or go well. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it, 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 it's always fun because, uh, you know, I think when you get down to it, Andrea Romano knew who to cast in these, these roles so that, uh, and, and how to bring out these incredible performances out of people, uh, that were immensely talented to begin with. And then you put them all in a room and you're like, all right, well, this is how we're going to, we're going to interact with this person. And this is how it's going to sound. And it just, it's you know it i guess it's a it's like composing a, a piece of uh classical music where you know on their own these instruments are fantastic they're they're great to listen to but you you kind of look at them and you're like how are these two gonna go together and then you put them together and you're like that is just absolutely beautiful <laughs> and you have the person in the middle co- conducting to make everything sound well uh, sound great so yeah, uh, that those two interactions, I mean, the interactions that they have, the bickering back and forth, uh, two of the iconic voices, I'd say here in the static, uh, static episodes here, kind of interacting, getting a chance to kind of bounce off of each other and, and be these, these, uh, reluctant allies turned bitter rivals by the end of it is, uh, is kind of fun. Yeah, and, uh, and rounding out our, our heroes here, at least our heroic voices, we have uh, the returning Rosalind Taylor-Jordan uh, as, uh, coming back and doing uh, her Shebang slash Shanice role. And uh, she, of course, gets lots of interaction with uh, Phil Lamar as Static and Virgil. And, of course, Jason Marsden that you mentioned before as uh, as Richie and Gear. Uh, I think our trio works really well. Um, you know, I think it's I think it's fun again to hear Rosalind Taylor Jordan, who we talked about at the, in the, her very first appearance about how mm-hmm. immensely talented it was, uh, how talented she was and how. Uh, you know, balancing those two different styles of who the character was, the the calm, quiet, reserved Shanice versus the confident, uh, exciting, happy Shebang. But then uh, in this episode, the whole point of the story is that she doesn't have to hide anymore. So she gets to be this outgoing, uh, loud, rambunctious, uh, you know, happy child who's excited about being a superhero and uh you know you kind of get get phil lamar's static in the the, sort of the killjoy role who's the annoyed older brother that's kind of tired of tired of uh of this young whippersnapper running around and being you know kind of hogging some of the glory and uh and you know being excited about being a superhero not taking it as seriously as he and gear do so and then you got gear in the middle who just kind of goes along with with uh with static and uh you know we get get various interactions between these three and uh and our and our huge cast of villains but yeah i think once again i think miss uh miss taylor jordan is kind of the the main focal point we do get a little bit maybe a little bit more than last week we get uh we get gear and and static so we get more of uh, mr lamar and, and mr marsden's uh performances but i think again the main focal point you come down to this this performance by miss taylor jordan and i think if you have if you have somebody in that role that isn't able to pull off that just you know that pure uh exuberance for being a a hero with powers and especially now that she doesn't have to be uh as covert about it um you know i think she really communicates that through her performance does a fantastic job and uh really bounces off everybody that she interacts with uh very well and and creates uh it makes it very believable that this person uh might be a little bit annoying based on their excitement so yeah i i think everybody uh once again unsurprisingly does a does a really really solid job i thought uh i thought her performance again just kind of capping things off for this this theme month that we had uh you know m- more jobs for her in the industry uh please because uh, she's just immensely talented and not an easy task when you put them up you put her up against you know such 
you know, stalwarts as, uh, as, as uh, Mr. Lamar and Mr. Marsden. But uh, I think she holds her own pretty well and shows that uh, she's got quite the acting chops on her own. Yeah. I think, I think the standout scene for me with our, with our heroes is when it's right after they first meet back up and they're in the, the diner or the fast food place or whatever. And, and she says, well, you know, you guys told me whenever I was back in town that I could join the team. And, and, and Virgil goes, I did? And it goes down well, you did promise we could work together if I came back to town. I did? Oh, yeah. I did? You did. So why are you back in town? The authorities captured all the goons who were after me for my DNA. Finally, my parents and I could lead the witness protection program and move back to Dakota. Way to go. And the best part is, I don't have to pretend I'm shy anymore. I can be myself. There's a scary thought. This'll be so great. I have so many decorating ideas for the gas station. And we should color coordinate our costumes. Oh, and I even thought of a team name. SGS. Shebang Gear Static. I did? And then, like, <laughs> Rich, Richie and, uh, you know, Miss Taylor Jordan and as, uh, as Shanice and, and, and Jason Marsden as Richie have, like, a full conversation. And then, like, every five seconds, Phil Lamar as, uh, as Virgil just keeps chiming in and going, I did? <laughs> and I think it's just, just picture perfect. The delivery on that is, uh, is perfect. Obviously not a secret. What a great uh, comedic actor. Mr. Lamar is as, as well as his, uh, his super heroic chops, but I just I really loved that sequence. Yeah, the, there's a there's a lot of comedy in between there. I will say, I maybe for the character it does feel a little bit out of. I almost thought that they were going to do a a, uh, a swerve that S- Static and Gear were being mind controlled because mm. they're kind of mean towards towards Shanice in that middle middle portion where they try and get her to 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 buzz off um once once their their annoyance level has reached its peak um but i i think looking at it and looking at the fact that they're they're they are it's more annoyed than they are angry it does kind of communicate well in the way that both uh, mr lamar and mr marsden kind of deliver those lines um so yeah uh, a solid a solid uh effort all the way around i think i think uh you know our our leads get uh get extra points as far as i'm concerned just for some of the some of what was asked for them and then you ha- you look at the full cast and everybody involved in the various different interactions that you get you know i i think it's uh it's hard not to look at this and give this a high score so i ended up giving it a a really strong eight out of ten yeah, I went with the exact same score there and uh, an 8 out of 10 for, for voice acting. Like everybody's strong. And uh, like I said, I think that it's really propped up by the uh, the the odd couple of uh, of Miss Brooks as, as Madeline Spaulding and uh, and uh, Gary Anthony Sergi as Ebon. Just their back and forth was just had me rolling the whole episode. There you go. All right, Liam. Well, that will begin to wrap us up. So we might as well total everything up here. Totaling up my score for this week, we end up with, uh, I think, the unfortunately, maybe the lowest score of the month thus far, uh, certainly the lowest of the the last three weeks, uh, and that ends up being a 26 out of 40 for this episode. What about you? Yeah, and I'm just a couple points higher at a 28 out of 40. Um, but, uh, as, as we sometimes say, the, 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 the point score doesn't always reflect how much we did or didn't enjoy an episode. Um, I still think this one's a lot of fun. And then obviously as talked about, it's, it's the, it's the end of the shebang trilogy and also brings back a villain, uh, from a, a previous episode and kind of ties that knot off. Um, so I think this is a, this is another easy, uh, double thumbs up for rewatchability, even if it's not maybe as individually strong in some of our categories as some of the other episodes we talked about this month. No, I agree with you too. I, I think, uh, sometimes the, the sum of the sum of an episode's parts don't, doesn't directly reflect and enjoy, you know, how much we enjoyed it or, you know, whether or not it's integral to, to the, uh, to the entire show. Mm-hmm. So as far as static is concerned, again, you, you wrap up several different plots, uh, from, you know, from the show and, uh, you know, bring some characters to, to resolution here. And, um, I, I don't know that our characters, our main characters, as far as static and gear are concerned, are different than when they started at the beginning of the episode. But Shanice definitely is, as now she's 
she feels welcomed again. She's excited about being a part of the team. And, and we do see that the characters are, are off to work together. So yeah, I'd say, uh, I'd say this gets a, gets a recommendation for me as far as uh, static episodes are concerned. And it's a great super villain versus superhero team team up, you know, you get, those are always fun uh, in the context of comic book shows. So I, I, I give it uh, I give it a, a recommendation for me. Absolutely. All right, William, well, that would begin to wrap us up for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning into this celebration of Mr. Len Yuli month that we've done here uh, on the show. If you'd like to support the podcast, uh, there's a couple of different ways for you to do so and uh, we thank you that those of you that do support us monthly uh, with your monetary contributions thank you so much there are uh, links in the show notes if you want to join those supporters to become a monthly supporter of the podcast Uh, you can also check out the store you can pick up some merchandise uh, to support the podcast that way if you'd like to Uh, you can also follow us on social media at dcau review both on the platform formerly known as twitter now known as x and on (laughs) instagram we're still calling it twitter Uh, and uh and also on uh i think our threads account is still exists do people i i've seen like random people using threads uh and and like posting it to instagram i guess there's some integration there so (laughs) but that's the only time i ever hear threads mentioned anymore some somehow it seems uh as of recording of this episode uh, twitter has survived the storm it's like the it's like Frankenstein or, or Frankenstein's monster or a, a horror movie villain. It just won't die. It just keeps coming <laughs> back. Uh, but uh, yeah, follow us on, on social media in those ways. Uh, you can also please subscribe to us on whatever platform that you listen to, whether it's via the watch or the pod tower, YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash the pod tower, or on your favorite podcast app, subscribe to us there. If it lets you leave a review, leave a five-star review and uh, send us a, uh, a, a screenshot. If you leave us a, a little blurb on Apple podcasts, send us a screenshot of that in our DMS and uh, we'll have a little thank you gift uh, to send you. If, uh, if you do. And uh, Liam, we uh, we mentioned at the top, but uh, our full interview with Mr. Len Yuli will be dropping uh, in just a uh, about a week or so, so a week and a couple days. So look out for that on the podcast feed. We also have our bonus episode dropping this weekend. Issue seven of Batman: The Adventures continue. Season three finally dropped. We're excited to talk about that. So check that out on the podcast feed. And then speaking of the podcast feed. With this being the final Saturday of the month, that means that we are turning the page and looking at a new show for the month of September. That is right, Cal, and we will be returning to uh, some of our, what end up being some of, I think, our most uh, favorite and most popular episodes among our listeners. That being when we go back and we review Justice League and Justice League Unlimited And we are kicking that off right where we left it. We left you several months ago on a cliffhanger with our review of Question Authority. We're finally picking that thread up with with its sequel episode, Flashpoint, not that one, uh, next week when we return to the world or to the time period in the same world of Justice League Unlimited. Excited about that. It will be a fun one to talk about as we continue through the Cadmus story arc. But until then, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we'll talk to you on that next episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.